This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <clears throat> this is going to be a good one. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Psalms 135. Or seven. The natural wind is the motion or flow of air or other gases that compose the atmosphere of the earth. God created the atmosphere around the earth to sustain life. It is composed, or sorry, comprised of 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and a variety, and excuse me, 1% of a variety of other gases. That kind of scares me when we get that other gases. I don't know what that is. <laughs> there are many kinds of winds and currents in the atmosphere affected by the temperatures of the land and sea. They create high and low atmospheric pressures that can result in numerous storms in varying degrees of intensity. The natural winds of the earth are a type of a type and shadow of the various facets of God moving in the supernatural realm. The direction of the natural winds represents spiritual seasons and movements of the Holy Spirit on earth. One example of this is uh, in the book Song of Songs, where the bride calls out for the north and south winds to come and purify her life so that the sweet fragrance of the beloved, also known as Jesus, would flow out to the nations. Awake, O north, and come, O south, Blow upon my garden that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat of its pleasant fruits. The four winds of heaven. Jesus said to a crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? We just read that in our reading, the Gospel. The four winds of heaven are seen in Ezekiel's dry, dry bones prophecy. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that uh, they may live. Ezekiel 37 verse 9. As well as from Daniel's vision of the four winds of heaven turning up the great sea. Daniel 7, uh, verse 2 and 3. They are winds blowing in all directions. Now the north wind. The north wind brings unpleasant weather with violent storms, hail, thunder, and lightning. It represents times of adversity, disappointment, and emptiness in the Christian's life. It can also represent a season when the, when the Holy Spirit brings discipline, correction, pruning, and death to areas of the flesh. This season can be like a cold, harsh, northern winter as the Christian learns to embrace the cross. I told you all this was deep. Just as the wind clears away clouds that block the sun and the pollution in the air, the north wind brings cleansing and clears away the barriers and pollution of sin so that the majesty of God can be displayed as he prepares the way for a season of new growth. It can take the hardening of a cold north wind to produce a great and mature harvest. 
Think about the mild winter we had here and what happened when, we, when spring came along. Bugs, mosquitoes, all that stuff. Sometimes a north wind is a good thing, right? That's what we're saying there. Sometimes it's a bad thing. They all have their pluses and minuses. The south wind, and the south wind brings the summer heat that will ripen and sweeten the harvest. It represents the quiet comfort of the Holy Spirit. It is a season of warmth, contentment, prosperity, and refreshment, which leads to growth and pleasure. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. That was from Acts verse, uh, chapter 27, verse 13. However, God can change the wind at a moment's notice. But not long after, a, temp a tempestuous, tempestuous headwind arose called Euroclidon. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. Acts 27, uh, verse 13, 15. I know it's a little choppy. Bear with me. We'll get there. The east wind, also called Euroclidon, blows in from the desert with sandstorms and blazing heat. It represents difficult times and a season in the wilderness. The east wind also comes as a refining fire. In the book of Exodus, the east wind is shown creating the seven years of famine, yet it also parted the waters of the Red Sea so that the Israelites could escape. The west wind. The west wind brings the winter rains essential to agriculture. In summer, the west wind brings relief from the summer heat. It represents seasons of spiritual refreshing and renewal. It also speaks of seasons of provisions, refreshment, as in rain. An answer to prayer and harvest. It brings blessings, breakthroughs, great fruitfulness the sunset of each day. Wow. The prophet Joel spoke of abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains, when God would pour out the Spirit on all the people. In the Exodus story, uh, the east wind brought the locust plague upon, the, upon Egypt. However, when the Pharaoh repented, it was the west wind that carried the locusts away into the sea. Y'all with me? Are you seeing the good and bad here? We've got some good and bad of everything so far. You getting it? And the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the, the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all territory of Egypt. Living beyond the supernatural doesn't mean a person will be excluded from the storms of life. Each of the four winds represents seasons and times of change that will happen in every Christian's life while living on this planet in its present form. Some may seem bad, and most will be good, but they all will be used to help draw the beloved Christian closer to the Master. Since the moment I willingly chose to give my life to Jesus and become a Christian, I've continued to experience an ever-deepening holy dissatisfaction with spiritual mediocrity. That has been, that has, uh, seems to have been uh, the prior, primary impetus for me to earnestly desire to draw closer to God's majesty, yearning for more of his glory. 
Over the years of true desire to seek more of Jesus, I have experienced many storms. Tragic events, the effects of sickness and disease, and the death of loved ones have brought times of sensing terrible loneliness that cut to the very core of my being. Doubts have come, flooding my, my heart and my mind like a raging storm that caused me to question my beliefs and faith in God. The whirlwinds of catastrophic events have, have sent me spinning and made me dizzy, as if out of control, so often that it was, it was extremely difficult to find emotional and spiritual equilibrium. My daily walk has at times felt like I was treading water and going nowhere. The call of God on my life was only an ancient echo. There's been intense pain from the feelings of rejection, betrayal, fear, insecurity, and abandonment. God has sometimes felt hidden in a billion hidden, it's already hidden a billion miles away. Even when things appeared to be going well, there were times of puzzling darkness. Throughout my life, it has often seemed as if a, a dark cloud hovered over, uh, over hovered overhead and blocked out the warmth and light of his beauty. But the Bible felt dry, and the heavens were as brass. I had become disillusioned, discouraged, oppressed. And frustrated. What has brought me some solace through the years is the fact that I'm not alone in my experience. And the prophet Amos spoke of this very thing. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness in it? Amos 5, verse 20. The psalmist also wrote about the his own experiences with with which, uh, with when he wrote, I'm sorry, what about his own experiences when he wrote, How long, O Lord, will you forget, forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? These questions have perplexed the human heart for centuries. God can often seem hidden in times of trouble and pain. One day in prayer about the problems around me, I heard these words in my mind. Embrace. Embrace the eye of the storm. That was certainly unexpected. So I decided to do some investigating. What I, what I learned gave me another glimpse into the ways of God. I'm going to share some of that with you now. When two air currents form, opposite directions meet. Circular motion results called a whirlwind. A whirlwind is a weather phenomenon in which a vortex of wind, a vertically oriented rotating column of air, forms due to instabilities and turbulence created by heating and air, and air current variations. Whirlwinds can be seen all over the world and in any season. A major whirlwind, such as a tornado, is formed from supercell uh, thunderstorms, the most powerful type of thunderstorm, or other powerful storms and that last uh, longer than others. When the storms start to spin, they react with other high altitude winds causing a funnel to spin. A cloud forms over the funnel, making it visible. We know about those tornadoes, don't we? Yeah. 
minor whirlwinds are formed by winds that do not last long. When a minor whirlwind on land hits something, a building, a house, a tree, etc., on its journey, its, its rotation is interrupted, as is the wind flowing into it, causing it to dissipate. Throughout the Bible, whirlwinds indicate the power and might of God. He is most often found in the storm. God hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. He answered Job out of the whirlwind. Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. The eye is a circular area with comparatively light winds and fair weather found at the center of rotation of a whirlwind. It is the calmest part. Surrounding the eye is the eye wall. It is almost a complete ring and contains the strongest and most violent winds. Because the whirlwind is, a spinning, is spinning, there is a perceived outward force. This centrifugal force prevents the winds from entering the center eye of the whirlwind. The winds blow as close to the center of the storm as they can and form the eye wall. The way the eye and eye wall are formed is not fully understood. Some scientists speculate that the eye feature is a fundamental component to all rotating fluids. Hundreds of theories exist as to the exact process by which the eye forms. However, all that is known is that the eye is necessary for storms to achieve their intensity and strong wind speeds. The eye can be covered by thick, dense, and dark clouds. The stronger the storm, the stronger the eye is. Research done by NASA has suggested that the seemingly subtle movement of updrafts within the eye of the storm provides the energy to keep the storm functioning. The research suggests that in addition to providing lift, the updraft also feed high-energy air from the low-level eye into the eye wall, boosting the strength of the updrafts. Say that ten times fast. (laughs) When storms are the most intense, they begin to go through eye wall replacement cycles. In one documented case, three eye walls were seen. Some of the most intense storms exhibit multiple concentric eye walls at the circulation center of the storm. Scientists have observed that there are storms in the heavens. Uh, storms in the heavens. It has been theorized that the turbulence of a storm plays a critical role in creating the perfect conditions for the birth of planets. Studies suggest that within the quiet eye of the cosmic storm, dust. Thus can collect and get trapped, seeding the beginnings of planet formation. Because the turbulent forces, the eye walls around the eye, keep the dust and gas swirling and prevent them from forming a dense and thin enough layer for gravitational instability to occur. The crucial force that causes the turbulence of a storm is called the Coriolis Coriolis effect. See, if I just slow down and do it, I get it right. Coriolis effect. Don't forget that was perfect. Coriolis effect. So let's reveal a mystery now. When the storms of life rise up and begin pulling the person under, when the whirlwinds of trial and tribulation begin to blow, when the desert whirlwinds is all around, Christians must learn to reach deep into the storm if they are to enter the peaceful place of his presence, the eye of the storm, so that so that they can gaze upon the beauty of Jesus as they are lifted gently, lifted toward heaven. The triune of God is 
like the Coriolis effect in the eye of a storm. He will use the turbulence and storm to birth fresh revelation, ministry, and anointing. God is hidden deep in the middle of the whirlwind and the storm of life. He chose the eye of the storm as his dwelling place so that, so that men will seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Acts chapter 17, verse 27 28. The truth is that the, the eye of the storm is within every Christian because they are his dwelling place. The whirlwinds are changed within the storm of life and desert experiences are to draw Christians into his intimate presence. Someone once described intimacy as into me see. Into me see. I-N dash T-O dash M-E dash C-E-E. Do you get it? Into me see. Intimacy. Think about that. Because as a person turns more inward uh, in times of prayer and meditation to focus on Jesus, he will reveal more of himself to them and his thoughts will become their thoughts. Not all of the storms of life have whirlwinds. Some are as dry and still as the desert wilderness. Prior to Jesus beginning his ministry, he went to the River Jordan to be baptized. As the Holy Spirit descended on him, the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Luke chapter 3, verse 22. Then the Father led him into the wilderness. Too often, desert experiences are thought of as punishment because, well, because of a disobedience or personal sin. Father sent Jesus into the desert because he was pleased with him. There are times he will do the same with a Christian because he is also pleased with them. Jesus went 40 days without food for his flesh. He was satisfied with living water to drink. He spent his time in the desert in deep communion with the Father in preparation for his ministry. In the wilderness, one finds that the true food which brings nourishment and satisfy the soul in the word is, in, is the word and his promises. Periods spent in the desert are to bring a person to a deeper reliance and trust in Jesus because there are no distractions. A journey through the wilderness may be for 40 days or 40 years. God wants every Christian there because it is a place where deep romance, a holy honeymoon, exists between bride and groom. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. Nourishment and strength for preparation always comes in the desert. The Apostle John, uh, while he was exiled to the prison island of uh, Palmos, received his revelation. Revelation always comes in exile. When Jesus releases a person from the wilderness, they will be, <clears throat> they will be filled to minister with the power of the resurrection and the might of his majesty. Clouds of darkness coming up. Where God dwells, clouds <coughs> and darkness surround him. Okay? Yeah. Where God dwells, clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Psalms 97 verse 2. 
The prophet Ezekiel described the glory as coming from within a storm, from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually and bright light, uh, light around it. And in its midst, something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. Can you envision that? This glowing metal it's glistening in this fire of storm. Craziness. When a person finds clouds of darkness forming over them in the midst of a storm, they shouldn't be dismayed, but rather they should rejoice for they are nearing the secret place of the Most High. Mm. The storms of life that twist and turn throughout the, through the wilderness will lead a person to the secret place of intimacy with Him so that they can behold His beauty. God will draw near and his glory will completely overwhelm them. Just as the priest who could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. First Kings chapter eight, verse 10 through 10 and 11. Now, one day after Jesus finished a time of teaching, he directed the disciples to get into a boat and cross the lake of Gennesareth, uh, a distance of about 10 miles and head to Capernaum and Bethsaida. He told them that he would catch up with them later. As they were about halfway across the lake, some, uh, sometime late in the north, sometime late in the night between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., the disciples saw Jesus walking toward them on the water, and they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Matthew 14, 25-33. The Apostle Peter was so overjoyed to hear his voice and see Jesus that he was willing to do anything to be with him. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said to him, come. As he gazed upon Jesus, nothing else mattered. Peter was able to do the impossible. He broke the natural law of gravity and got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Then logic began to take over, and Peter started to think about himself, and his senses kicked in as he fell. The force of the wind and the tossing of the waves against his feet. He was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out, reached out his hand, and he caught him. The fear of the unknown had overwhelmed him. The turbulent waves and stormy winds of the world had caused him to lose focus. Jesus said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Peter's circumstances had caused him to forget the gentle voice of the master could calm any storm. Jesus took hold of Peter and they climbed together into the boat. This event so amazed the other disciples that they worshiped Jesus saying, truly you are the son of God. Everyone who is born of the Holy Spirit moves mysteriously like the wind. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on the eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Exodus 19, verse 4. Eagles use the winds and turbulence of the air to soar with little effort. They have mastered the ability to ride the whirlwinds that come from every direction gracefully. 
God wants Christians to learn to move with the wind just like the eagle. The master flying on the turbulent winds of change. It requires that Christians wait on the Lord. Then he can renew their strength so that they can mount up with wings like eagles. Run and not be weary. Walk and not be faint. Holy Spirit will give the anointing to fly like an eagle. The new life in Christ has been firmly built on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus and cannot be destroyed by whirlwinds and the storms of circumstances. A new and positive attitude will emerge when the choice is made to break through the turbulent eyewall of the whirlwind and enter into God's place of peaceful rest. By embracing the eye of the storm and seeing the desert wilderness as a place of preparation, the determination to do this must be decided in the heart. Peace, my friends, peace is a state of mind. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. When the heart and minds of Christians are set on God and he is in control of their life, he guards them. It doesn't matter how much turmoil and calamity is all around. Their lives can have an inner calm that passes all human understanding. Wow, I wish I could get there. If a person is truly a Christian, then God dwells in them by taking up residence. They take up residence in him and dwell in love. They are his dwelling place. Jesus said that if a person abides in him by staying, uh, staying in the state of actively trusting him and his word with great expectancy, they can ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. He promises to keep the one who is actively trusting him in perfect peace. Getting through the storms of life and surviving in the desert is done by trusting God. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Walking daily in humility and trusting faith is the way to embrace peace. The Holy Spirit produces it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Calling upon the name of Jesus is the answer. He was given a name that has more authority and power than any other name, whether in heaven, on earth, or under the earth. With just one word, he can calm the hardest of storms and bring rain to the desert. In the book of Revelation, four angels are seen standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea of any tree so that the, the elect can gather together. The more intimate a Christian becomes with Jesus, the God of peace, the more the peace of his presence will fill their lives, no matter how dry the place, the place they find themselves in or how intense the whirlwinds of a storm are around them. The proof of his presence is peace permeating all problems. As the Christian learns to embrace the eye of the storm, God's peace will fill their heart and they will enjoy peace with him. Peace with one another, peace with the world, and peace within. Indeed.
Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody give me an amen on that one. All right, some announcements then. Here we go. Short and sweet today, right, guys? Announcements. Got <coughs> to pay attention. You might be doing these soon. This is part of being a host. All right, guys, coming up, North Texas Giving Day is 9-19-19, which is when? What day is that? September the 19th, 2019. What month is it now? August. It's August, so August in September, right? So we're, you know, less than, we're a month away from that now. One month away from the North Texas Giving Day. Mention it to your friends or your family or anybody who has uh, some uh, is, is thinking about donating to the church or other char charities. Um, it'll be pretty well pu pu uh, publicized, but... Uh, this is a good time if they're if somebody's planning on donating to us, especially uh, or anybody. I mean, but us speaking about us, uh, it's a good day to do it because there's a lot of extra perks and things for them and for us on that giving day. So it's something to remember. Go check out the website NorthTexasGivingDay.org and do a search or type in slash DULC DULC Dallas Universal Life Church NorthTexasGivingDay.org slash DULC. Okay. Now, pray at DallasULC.com. You have prayer requests, we're here to answer them. Pray at DallasULC.com. You can go there. You can also go to our website. We have a prayer request form there that you can fill out. It will come directly to us and we'll deal with it from there. It's also where you can ask us about uh, uh, dedicating a service to other, a loved one who has passed away or one who is still with us. I always love doing the, the latter of those two because I think it's wonderful to have that person here with us, if they can be, uh, to enjoy having a service said in their name. Um, more information on that is also on our website, DallasULC.com, or you can email us at pray at DallasULC.com. As we always, always, always are looking for volunteers, this is a great place to volunteer. We're trying to grow. We're going to get there. Um, trials and tribulations and whirlwinds of our lives, we'll make it through. A little bit of peace. Christian and volunteering, please sign up with me. Did you know we had a podcast? You have a podcast? We have a podcast. Can you believe it or not? I cannot believe we have a podcast. Guys, we do. We have a podcast. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, uh, you know, it's, I, I, I edit both the video for YouTube and the podcast. And um, it's like I said, they're different. It's the same, mostly the same editing. There's a couple of, of differences in it, but it's a lot of, it's a lot different. I, I catch different things when I listen to it or watch both of them. And I think it's amazing how that works. I don't know why it is, but it is. Check it out. Uh, all you have to do is do your search engine and type in your path with Bishop Mark, or Google or MSN or wherever you go to, your path with Bishop Mark. Now you can do that, or if you'd like, you can check us out on one of our, uh, one of the, uh, the providers out there that does carry our podcasts, and those would be uh, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Radio Public, Anchor, Breaker, Overcast, and of course, Stitcher. So we'd like to thank all of those wonderful people, wonderful, wonderful uh, providers with watching over us and our podcast, and especially to uh, Anchor, who is our actual host of our podcast. Okay. Now with that, it's a great time to talk about donations. We are a nonprofit organization. We are at 501c3. Any donation made to our church, let me clarify that, any donation made without any donation made to our church without receiving any goods in return is a tax deductible donation. Okay. 
which isn't how we do things here. You just have to kind of clarify that. It's not just any donation. Any, any donation that you make to our church that you do not receive something in return for is a tax donation through our 501c3. You can donate to us by going to anchor.fm slash bishopmark/support. That's our Anchor FM. It's just through our, our, uh, through our uh, podcast site. It all goes to the same place here, okay? Understand, none of us, I don't take a salary here. These guys here have been working tirelessly to set up for today so we could have service. Um, and we had a, a rough day of it. And we're going to go out of here with the love of God, but, you know, still as poor as we were in our pocketbooks as when we came in or we're more. But, you know, that's what we do because we want this to survive. And we hope that out there, hopefully, um, you see a little value in what we're doing here and can see that maybe you can help us with a small donation uh, by going to uh, anchor.fm, which is uh, anchor.fm slash bishopmark slash support. Or you can always go to dallasulc.com. We do have a giving page there. I've revamped the website a little bit, guys. Um, it's kind of cool again. I think I like it. Like, I like the way the, the little menu finally came out. I kind of kind of tweak it and, and mess with it. and I like the way it looks. So y'all let me know if you have any problems with it. And let me know if you like it or not, or what suggestions you might have for our website. I think it's getting there. It's a lot of information there. You can also go, if you are a shopper like I am on Amazon, guys, smile.amazon.com. I go there every time I make a purchase, smile.amazon.com, because Every $1 I spend at Amazon.com, excuse me, smile.amazon.com, Dallas Universal Life Church receives half a cent. I spend quite a few dollars at Amazon.com, so that's a pretty good deal. Y'all can help me out. Just go to smile.amazon.com every time you shop at Amazon.com, and you will uh, support, or actually uh, request that, that uh, choose us as your benefactor, choose us as your charity, and we'll get half a penny for every dollar you spend. Help us out, guys. I mean, a bunch of us doing this. We need to make some half cents add up, you know. So, feedback at DallasULC.com. Feedback at DallasULC.com. This is for your compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Feedback at DallasULC.com. Important email address, especially for you out there in podcast land and and YouTube land and wherever else we're heard. I'm not sure what else we could be heard on, but wherever else we're seen and heard, look, that's a way for you to get in touch with us as well. Uh, you can tell us what you think of our church, what you think of our services. If you have any opinions, if you have any suggestions, feedback at dallasulc.com. So, here we go. Oh, back to the old standard. he wants to sing and sometimes Sorry, guys. We, we get we get you know uh, uh, jingle bells all the way through July because you know we try new songs and he just makes them into jingle bells to the words there or 
he tries to sing the song and then puts you know, his own little words in, but he just did it. It's wonderful, it's beautiful, it just doesn't really go with what we're saying. So, anyway, the walk is on into Alzheimer's is when, guys? Come on now. Saturday, October the 5th. This is what month? I do believe this is August. And when is October coming up? So we've got, what, September? Then October, right? So we got a little over a month and a half to go. Now, that gives you plenty of time, my friends, to fundraise for this, guys. Have you signed up yet? You're not. Are you planning on, I'm planning on it? I'm going to put you on the spot right here, huh? Yeah. Uh, of course I'm going to put you on the spot. Look at me, you have, right? Okay. How much money have you made yet? Made raise so far? Zero. So Big old goose egg. Egg. I don't understand that. You've got so many good friends and you just have such a wonderful sales, persuasive voice. I mean, look, every dollar can help with these guys. You know, I, I'm, I'm, my grandmother has in-stage Alzheimer's, no joking matter. Um, but she, it's, I don't want to see another family to do this. I want to see that white flower come out that says we have the first survivor of Alzheimer's. We don't have any yet. It's a 100% fatal disease. So, we need you to fundraise if you're going to march with us. I'm so glad that everybody comes every year. That's great awareness for the community, for the, for the, for the cause here. But we need the money as well. We're going to do both of this. We're going to talk the walk the walk, which is what we do. We're going to talk the talk, which is what we do. We're going out there, we're going to talk. We're going to laugh, laugh it up and have a good old time. we got to walk the walk first. And that means we got to get out there and make some money for this. Just tell people what you're doing. Tell them it's for the Alzheimer's, Walk for Alzheimer's. You can show them our website. You can just go to alz.org, okay? You can see on there, uh, and just search for, you know, Dallas Universal Life Church. We've got a lot much longer name than that. But if you search for Dallas Universal Life Church, you'll find our page. It talks all about it. But go check it out. Also, I included the, uh, the uh, address in our bulletin today. So if you want to go look at the Dallas Universal Life Church page on their uh, Alzheimer's site, Hey guys, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Get some more people to sign up too. You know, let's get a whole big group going. This is a good deal for Pride, but we can do it for Alzheimer's this year. Huh? What do you think? Sounds good. Let's wait for the song to end. Hey, not bad, huh? Bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. So, what did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Were you able to follow along at all? I, I, I apologize. I um, wanted to edit this down a little better uh, and make it run a little smoother because it was, it was really kind of a rough rack and I ran, we ran out of time. Um, I ended up having to make some changes on the, on the program kind of late and I'm, no excuses, but you were so mad. Um, it, it is what it is and, and I hope that you were able to get something out of it. Now here, what, I, what I'd like to offer you is, um, I, I will offer to, uh, if you'd like, I will make a copy of this sermon for you for you to read on your own, or you can also watch it again on the YouTube or the uh, podcast uh, uh, broadcast that I, after I edited. But it might help you go a little slower and actually look through it as you're going and see kind of what we're talking about. You can see the progression as it goes. 
because it was it was kind of jumpy, and I apologize for that. But did any were you able to follow along at all as to what I was talking about in that sermon about the winds of change embracing the eye of the storm? Were you able to kind of see where I was going with all that? Anybody? We're gonna be a quiet bunch today, huh? <laughs> yes, I kind of see where you were going with that just a little bit. And it actually brings to mind one of the previous sermons we had about, I guess, storms coming through your life and all that. Yeah, that was a good one. We talked about the uh, the, the hurricane that hit, uh, I believe, Mississippi and, and, and leveled that, that town of gambling joints and whatnot that they had there, whatever it was. It was a, remember, it was a, they were having a party there. They were having a hurricane party. It was the strongest hurricane ever recorded that hit right there and actually took the, the house that they were all having the party in off its foundation. The house was gone. And out of like the 38 people that were there at the party, one survived. So yeah, it was, it was a, that was a tough, that was a tough one. But it, it shows that what we were talking about is, is uh, in that particular sermon was about community and, and being prepared for that storm and you know, having uh, fail safes, I mean, having things to fall back on, like your, your family, your church, because we can't do this alone. So you have to have the support of those things. You know, friends, family, church, you know, you, you, God, of course, but the, the things here that can help us get through those things. Um, this one, a little more solo action here, a little more, you know, going through this on your own, what it's like, you know, riding that whirlwind of life which we ride many, many different whirlwinds a day, I think. But realizing that in the eye of that storm, and that inside that, that very strong barrier of wind is the peace and is where God resides. And sometimes you have to go through that hell to find God. And that's when we actually are able to be in His embrace. Yeah, I mean, the imagery is, is I think, rather, is pretty strong, if you think about it that way. It's really, I mean, you've seen the eyes of a storm before. You've seen the hurricanes where they have the, the satellite pictures, and it's got you know, the eye right in the middle. There's no storm there. It's all this havoc around it, you know, and these big, huge arms of destruction. And then you've got this eye that's just almost tropically peaceful in the middle. I mean, I've, I've been in uh, hurricanes where, you know, the, the storm comes. All of a sudden, it's just and the sun comes out, and the trees stop swaying. And you think, oh my God, it's over. God, it's over. It's over. And it'll last for a little while, and then it starts right back up again to get you out of it. So it's not only tough going in to see God, it's tough coming out. So. There are, we kind of did an analogy of, of what the winds, the different winds represent. And, and I think that that helps us to remember that there's good and bad in, in everything. You know, uh, uh, like I said, you know, just to make it very simple, this last year we had a very, very mild winter here in Dallas. And as a result of that, um, this spring and summer, we've had a very, heavy problem with mosquitoes, mm -hmm. um, bugs, all kinds of insects. Um, I remember one year we had this happen where we had an influx of 
uh, infestation more likely, more more like it of uh, grasshoppers one year, where everywhere you walked outside were grasshoppers. I mean, everywhere they were everywhere. So we had kind of that plague here of those grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. I mean, do I mean look? It was awful because you try and walk through your lawn, and there would be hundreds of them just jumping right around you. Hundreds. Oh yeah, I'm not kidding. We had we had a. You don't remember that? You're probably too young. You're not too young. You, you should remember that. We had an infestation, a, a a plague of grasshoppers here uh, in Dallas. It was horrible. They ate, they, they ate the lawns, they ate the trees, they ate uh, all of our foliage, our wonderful, you know how we like the landscape here in Dallas. It was not a pretty a pretty spring and summer, or I think it was a fall. I don't know when the grasshoppers come out, but it was one of those seasons where we could still have plants and it was beautiful outside. Anyway, but this year we get the, uh, the very mild winter and the very hot, very hot summer. It is August and it's 103 or so outside right now, so it was like, like 109 or something like that. Okay, a few technical problems. We got those fixed now. Um, some camera issues. We're trying a new camera, and it's it, the battery died on us. So we're working on it. We're trying. Okay. So as far as the sermon goes, um, I, I want y'all. It, it's a good sermon. Uh, There's a lot there, a lot of information, and I think if y'all take your time and you really can go through it and look at it, you'll see that. So what I will do is I will make a copy of this sermon, not quite with this larger print, so it will be so many pages. Uh, available to both of you. Uh, hopefully, after the service today, I can get that done for you, and you can have it. And if you have any questions or whatever, you can talk to me about it. We can discuss it next week if we're all here. That would be great. Okay. Now, let's put that aside because I, I, there's a lot there, and I want y'all to have a chance to really look at it first before uh, we delve into that much more. Because I, I do feel it was a little choppy today, and, and it could have been a, a better uh, uh, deliverance for you if I'd had a little more time to edit it. So, you ran out of time. So, more technical difficulty, but we're back again. Okay, we're going to get these down. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a stickler on our, our AV stuff going out because I really want it to be, uh, I want it to portray, I don't want people to be um, distracted by our problems with audiovisual stuff because we don't have the best equipment in the world. I still want, I want our message to get out there be the thing that shines, and sometimes it's hard to do that when our equipment is kind of failing us, so everybody out there is doing some donations of some slightly used cameras, video equipment, audio equipment, things like that, podcast equipment. We'd, we'd love uh, to be considered for a donation. Anyway, that's my spiel for the night. In our gospel today, uh, it talked about this familial divide. Did y'all catch that? About how um, it would be mother against, or sorry, uh, uh, two against three, and three against two, uh, father against son, and son against father, mother against uh, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. They said, so when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You're hypocrites. It's Jesus talking to his crowd of followers. You hypocrites, he says. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? 
Fun day. Not exactly. We can, tell, we can tell the time by the sun and by the sun in the sky. We can always do a, uh, what's it called, a sundial, right? True. You basically take a shadow See? and show the way the that's, sun That's correct. Now, I, says I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. What in the world is he talking about? What does Jesus mean here? This is pretty strong words from God, from Jesus here. These are words you don't normally hear from him. So what's he talking about? He didn't come to bring peace. He says he came to bring fire to the earth. And that he has a baptism to be baptized. What does that mean? That, that should be pretty easy. Is a baptism to be baptized. Guys, stay with me now. Is a baptism to be baptized. It means he's got something that he's he's got something that he's got he's going to be forced to do this. In other words, his crucifixion is what he's talking about there. He has a baptism to be baptized that he has to complete. I have a baptism in which to be baptized. Baptism of fire and baptism of let's see. Fire of the earth. Well, that could obviously be the Holy Spirit, Fire. right? Fire is the Holy Spirit, right, Gavin? Fire is the Holy Spirit, which all the impurities of what we have gone through, sin, whatever the case may be, so we may emerge from the fire as pure gold. Where did you get that from? I think it was the Bible. No, because the Bible would never say that. The Bible talks about our the blood of Christ, being much more we're worth more than all of the <coughs> silver and gold in the world, right. so it would never say that we emerged as pure gold. It would never say that because we would only say that we we emerged cleansed in the blood of Christ. Right. So we would never emerge as pure gold. That would be an idol idolatry. It would be an idol. It would be something. It would be pure gold, like that would be a false god. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that came from somewhere else. I'm not sure where. Not when, but, only from the same. So, I mean, look, look, this whole situation here, I don't know what you just said. Could you just mumble, turning your head and said something else? I really don't know what you said. So, um, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? In other words, look, guys, I, I don't think you're catching me here. This is pretty, pretty rudimentary. How can you know what the weather's going to do and watch the patterns there? But you can't watch the patterns that's going around here in your world and know that I'm the Messiah and know that I'm God, know that I'm Jesus Christ here for to save you from your sins. How can you not know that? That's my interpretation of part of that. Yeah. Okay. The division thing? Well, yeah. Think about it. Even today, Christianity divides families. Is it not? It does. Considering we all serve basically. No, I think it's basically. I think we all serve the same God. Yeah, correct. Honestly, we are the ones that created the names. We're the ones that created all these constraints. The different, the different levels of stories evolved. Okay. Yeah, there's mine. I've noticed that there's only minor things, but like well, as far know, as it's for the most part, like, like quibble over wording or this or that or that. Yeah. Especially when the primary thing is that. We learn to A, love each other, B, love and serve God, 
and C. I'm like, come on, for real? I, why would you even start a war over that? What is our primary purpose on this earth? To love and serve God. To serve and worship God. To serve and worship God, that is our job. We do that in many different ways, right? We talk about it all the time. What does that have to do with about your neighbor um, greed I don't think Jesus God Holy Trinity the, the, the triune none of, they, they don't involve those things so if we are involved in any of those extras those negatives those things that we really don't need to be doing that are bringing us down more than anything we need to think about our path again and where we are We don't call on God enough to blindly lead us and we'll follow. Does that make sense? Because our will is so strong that we, it's almost like we just can't let that little bit of trust go. We, we trust you or we love you, but I don't, you know, this is where I really want to go. So, I mean, I'll meet you kind of halfway. It doesn't work that way. I think I've had issues with that. I know a lot of people have. So, this Christianity thing, think about the times of Jesus and the families, the pagan people that were being torn apart now because mom has heard this prophet Jesus speak and watched him heal the sick and cast out demons. And the mother-in-law says, you're crazy. See, I told you you married a crazy woman. Look, look what you did. And the fights ensue because then the brother against the father is on the mother's side fights with the father, and the sister fights on the father's side against the mother. They're all against each other. Instead of being together, like they should be. Why does Jesus talk about this? What is he talking about here? What is he saying that this is going to happen? Why? Jesus is supposed to be about peace and love and joy and, and saving us, right? So why talk of this, you know, what is he saying? Because it's, it's all down to one part of it. Okay, yeah, he's saying all of this. It's, it's, we're here to bring fire and, you know, and, and, and teach people that you, know, you can't live like this. Right? But it all comes down to this. When he calls them a hypocrite, right? he says, you hypocrites. You hypocrites. You can take all this time and study the weather. You can't take enough time to understand and just study your God and understand that He's standing right in front of you and understand that that's what's causing your division is your 
misplaced attention. You're not paying attention to your surroundings. So it divides people. We're in the name of Christ, right? We're pretty divided today. All three of us kind of had our own agenda going on. We didn't work together well at all. And that happens. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I mean... Speak up for me now. I think that... I beg to differ. I think we did work together. I think we worked together at times. But it, despite maybe bouts of dissonance, you know, I, I we think, still were able to endure, overcome, which... I, I didn't say we didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't say we didn't. I didn't say we got, got the service off and things finally got going. We had some major issues happen before service today that caused some, some breakdowns. Yeah. And we did not, at times, work well together. We had some real clashing of the, of the titans there, okay? It happens. I'm not, that's not really the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is we are brothers in Christ. All three of us are brothers in Christ. We believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We do. Okay? But we were divided for a time today. And we're here in his name. Just a thought about maybe Guys, some of this gospel might be kind of talking to y'all because nothing is a coincidence in this world. Everything happens for a reason. Sure. That's all I'm saying about that. Obviously, most people aren't going to interpret quite that way because they don't have the same situation we do. But you know, the Bible's a wonderful thing. It's a very multifaceted book. Every page can be read like a kaleidoscope. Nothing to say that any of those interpretations are wrong. They're just different. Understood? Got it? I really believe that. Really, if you look at the Bible that way and look at each page as a, a kaleidoscope of interpretations, that's the only way I can describe it. And yeah, everyone is a little different. All of those little colors, those little things are all a little different. But none of them are wrong. They're just a different point of view. They're a different way of looking at it. So it's not wrong. It's, that's why I, I think we have to understand that these religions, like you were saying, they are similar. They're looking at the same kind of story, the same thing that's going on through different eyes, through different lives, through different times even. If you believe in that. Look, God is God, and he can come and go as he pleases and cross the barrier of time, go back and forth and do whatever he wants. There's no, this is a little far-fetched for some people, but this is just a theory, and I'm not trying to say it's the truth. I mean, the only truth that I know is what God teaches me. This is a theory of mine. So just to put a disclaimer out there. Who's to say that Jesus Christ didn't come to this earth more than once? Across many, many different times. You know, why would he just go to, to the Israelites, to the, the Jews? Why wouldn't he go to the, the Indians here in America? Why wouldn't he go to the Hawaiian nation there? Why wouldn't he go to the Alaskans, to the Russians? To all of these different places, the you know, the different I don't know I think I don't know I'm not real good at geography and all that, but all the people from way back when, all these the cavemen even mm -hmm. why well, why why is it not feasible that he wouldn't go see them and be 
teaching them as well because I mean think about the the the, the story of, of the Bible took probably quite a bit of time even with the growth of the church and how rapidly it grew to get worldwide we took I mean Christopher Columbus took the story of the Christians to the to the Indians the American Indians and that was in when when did he when did Christopher Columbus come over when? 1492. So that's a long time after Jesus was here, right? Because Jesus was here basically pretty close to zero there, right around there. So think about that. Why couldn't, why couldn't we be looking at these different religions that have just evolved from the coming of Jesus Christ to them? There are hundreds of religions out there that have a man with a name similar to or a derivative of or sounds very similar to Jesus or son, even Ba, the sun god of Egypt, sun, S-U-N-S-O-N. It could be, it's a little more far-fetched, but the, the god is very similar kind of things with a lot of the traits, a lot of the, the teachings of Jesus Christ. And like I said, somebody tried to use that that analogy of the sun god, S-O-S-U-N, to that's how they move that into being this fake story of the son of god s-o-n and that story just made reaffirmed my faith that it could be the same guy it could be talking about the same thing or the stories are are of the job they're about jesus they're about the son of god whether whatever name they call it whatever time it was he can be there so why why do we doubt it they're trying to say yeah these two are so close but they, they, that's obviously they're copying. One's copying the story of another, right? And using these these ideas and putting it over here. Why would that be a copy? Why couldn't it just be two different stories of Jesus Christ coming to Earth? That's what it made it made my faith stronger. It made me think of things differently and go, yeah, you know, he could come here hundreds of times and see all of the people, all the our past, our predecessors of this Earth, the people who were here before, and teach them about himself. They may be, you know, just because they call it a different type of religion, different name of religion. Doesn't mean it wasn't really him here talking to him. But he was saying that there's 30 or 40 or 50 different religions like that that have that name and have the man dying, being crucified, and rising from the dead on the third day. So tell me. We always say what? You have me okay? You with me? No, okay. We'll be done in just a moment. I always say that there's never coincidences. There's no such thing as a coincidence, right? There's not. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. God has the plan planned out. It's done. So think about that. We kind of went all the way around and back and forth and this way and that way with the stories today. Let's get into that uh, sermon that I wrote uh, for today uh, and, and didn't prepare very well um, because I, I want you to understand it a little more. So I'll make sure you have a copy of it. Please take the time. It doesn't take very long to read it. You saw I didn't take a whole, whole lot of time for me to deliver it here. But take the time to read it. Get into it a little bit, um, if you have the time. And I hope you will this week, because I'd really like to, for the first part of our roundtable next week, maybe go over a few points in it. Because I think it was a good I think it was a good attempt. I think I need to refine it a little bit. Maybe next time I, I deliver it, it'll come across a little better. Maybe I can witness that, I hope. Maybe in our new facility next year. And it would be nice. All right. So here's what I'm going to get done with here. It looks like we're all pretty much out of steam. I get that. So next Friday, or next Sunday at 3 o'clock, we'll have service again. Um, please take a look at that, like I said. Um, 
There was something else I was going to say just then, and I completely slipped my mind. So let's just, you know, do the thing we do best. Let's go and give it up in prayer and thank God for being here today. So let's do that. Oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't miss it there any longer anyway. Okay, guys. Would anybody else like to close the prayer tonight, or am I doing it? Anybody? Last chance. Okay. You want to do it? You guys be nice and loud and clear for me. Okay, Chris? I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you talking to God. I want him to hear you. He's far away. Let's go. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this fellowship to be here with my brothers. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for having them in my life. Because as I grow stronger in my faith, it's okay. Go ahead. As you grow stronger in your faith, what happens? The internal struggles that I have become slightly stronger, it seems. But as time goes on, I'm willing to let go. Amen. I'm willing to let go. Thank you for these men in my life. And I pray for them. I pray for them. I pray for the world. And for the best. Amen. Amen. Your will be done, God. Your will. Amen. 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 Ow. <laughs> wow. You were into that one. Woo. Wow. You got a grip there, boy. Okay. <laughs> Three o'clock next Sunday. I'm sure I will see you both before next Sunday, and we'll be setting up together and hopefully have a better week. It was fine, guys. Okay, look, these things happen. We're going to get there. It was, it's, it's, you know, 103 degrees outside, and we're trying to keep from having nervous breakdowns here. But